You're listening to Sibling Talk, commentary from a progressive point of view. Now here are your hosts, John Paulette and Mary Jo Tumer. Hello, I'm John Paulette. And I'm Mary Jo Tumer. Mary, this weekend is the Paulette family traditional clam bake. And people who don't know live in Cleveland have no idea what uh, holiday and autumn uh, ritual a clam bake is. And I know that because I live in Chicago and I tell people we're going to have a clam bake and nobody knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> it, <laughs> it is such a Cleveland thing. That's, I mean, they do bakes, shellfish bakes on the East Coast and those are lobster bakes or clam bakes. But it's kind of uniquely Cleveland the way we do it with the clams and the chicken and the sweet potatoes all in a big pot. And, and the strong feeling that this is what brings families together is the, <laughs> is the clam, clam bake. Exactly, exactly. And, and the reason that's on my mind, you know, there are a lot of questions. There's a lot of planning that goes into a clam bake. And because of the nature of our family, if there is uh, dissent or disagreement, we put it up to a vote and we decide. But I have just realized about this clam bake, this whole thing is totally rigged. The votes were, <laughs> the votes. You mean the, because it's in Chicago? Well, yeah, maybe. I, I just think, I think all of us on both sides of the question, everybody in the family should care about whether or not we're really having fair and impartial votes about the clam bake. <laughs> Which is exactly what that moron is. His name Lydell, the, the guy who's kind of the front runner. No, no, that's not his name. Why do you keep calling him that? That's the. It's um. Oh, now you say that I I forgot. But it, I'll think about it while we're talking. But he's the uh, radio host, right? Yeah. The kind of like white supremacist, the black white supremacist radio host. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and he's the guy, in the the most bizarre voting system ever. If Gavin Newsom does not get 50% or more, then he gets kicked out of office. But then any idiot who gets 12% of a vote uh, or any, any amount of civil plurality out of like 46 candidates, he gets to be governor next. So that's Larry, got, that's Larry Elder. Elder. I think you yeah, were which, you were putting his name together as Lydell. Yeah, it's a lot like Lydell. <laughs> but the one question I have about that is, so it's yes or no on Newsom, but you can't then vote for Newsom. No, he, right? can't, be, he can't be on the ballot. And this time, uh, the Democratic Party has really discouraged uh, Democratic candidates from going on the ballot in the fear that they might provide like a um, an alternative so people would feel like well, it's okay vote against Newsom. You know who they um, uh, who wanted to be on the ballot? Remember the guy who ran for president who was like the self-made millionaire? I think his name was Steyer, Tom Steyer. Oh yeah, 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 exactly. He, he wanted to be on the ballot. Remember the plaid ties and right. stuff that, that he wore, but uh, the Democrats leaned on him and said, you know, don't do this. I, I'm sorry, I'm going off on places. But what really got me is that either Larry Elder, as he seems to go by now, or Lydell, 
whatever name you prefer. He apparently knows this is very Trump-like that he's going to lose this thing. So he's already talking about voter fraud. Isn't that amazing? It is. I mean, it's um, it's so lazy, honestly, to already project your loss and blame somebody for it instead of, you know, doing what we teach our kids to do, which is work hard, play the game, hope you win. But if you don't, you know, you get back in the ring and play again. And instead, the lesson I take from that is go ahead, play the game, work only as hard as you want to work. And then if you lose, you just blame the other side for cheating. I mean, if your 10-year-old did that, you would be appalled. But this seems to be the lesson of the 2020 election. It's of all the things, all the legacies of Donald Trump, this may well be the worst and certainly the most damaging to democracy. One, well, don't you have to figure if Larry is doing this in this recall election, I we can look forward in the next, the congressional election and in 2024 to everybody who has an R at the end of their name doing the exact same thing. Don't you think? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, not everybody. I mean, certainly the Trump the Trumpists. But, you know, the thing is that it's so anti-democratic. I mean, the whole enterprise is anti-democratic. But the point of the elections is I get out there, we argue in the marketplace of ideas, and whoever wins, we respect the will of the voters, and that's who is the next elected official. It's not, it's sometimes I think they have the whole wrong idea about what the end game is of running for election, you know, running to be elected, which is um, I'll see if what I'm selling is what the people want. If not, I accept that the people wanted something else. That's a system where, you know, the people are, um, you know, how, how do I say that? you know, that we're governing, we're governing ourselves, right? That's what elections are all about and democracies are all about. This is more like, I want this job because I think that I'm the smartest, best person or I'm going to be able to turn this job into something um, financially beneficial for me. And if you don't give it to me, then I'm going to say that the people made the wrong decision. They cheated um, me out of what I was entitled to. This is, I think, how Trump always thought, right? Remember, initially, people said, oh, he's just running. He doesn't even care if he wins. It's just a branding exercise, which I do think was true in part. But then he began to read his own press, believe he was really more than he was, more than any of us are. I'm not even just saying about him. You know, like in no humility, he won unexpectedly. Um... And then when he didn't win the second time, he's like, hey, wait, that, that belongs to me. That's my job. And the only way I could have lost my job is if you cheated me out of it. It's not a democratic impulse in any way. Well, you're exactly right. And I think we need to remember that Trump didn't come up with the idea of the big steal after the election. He had been talking about that 
for months and months before the election. He said at one point, I think I'm almost exact on this quote, the only way we, him, loses this election is if it's rigged, if they steal it. And then, you know, in one of those little follow-up that he kind of says, with a little pain and regret, and they will rig it, they will, that's going to happen. And I, I would like to have asked him then or now, man, if this election is going to be rigged, the most fundamental attack on our democracy, don't you think that the government, or more particularly, the president should do something to present, prevent that? So let's think about it. Who's the president? Oh, damn it. You are. <laughs> but it wasn't about it's a it's a great point, John, because it wasn't about um, making sure there wasn't fraud, cheating to preserve the democracy. It was to make sure there wasn't fraud or cheating to preserve his own personal interest in that job. And I think the same thing is happening in California. <laughs> First of all, that system itself is very anti-democratic. Newsom was just elected, what, like two years ago, two and a half years ago. And there's another election coming up. So, I mean, we all tolerated Trump for four years. I'm sure California can tolerate Newsom if they don't like him. But it's it allows kind of, um, you know, gonzo <laughs> um, uh, democracy to replace what was the will of the people when he was elected and elected pretty soundly. So, you know, create this. And I, I did hear that um, after this is over, and it looks like Newsom is going to survive, you know, fingers crossed. But when it's over, that um, the California legislature is going to go back in and change that, you know, I'm not maybe not do away with the whole recall process, but do change it because it is so undemocratic. Really, this is, was the problem, in my opinion, with the um, impeachments, right? I mean, one of the uh, impeachment of Trump I'm talking about, but even with Clinton, one of the arguments was made with first impeachment, like, okay, but there's an election coming up. So why are you going to impeach him? Let the people decide whether or not he should remain in office. And which there, it's something to that. I mean, it's a little bit compelling. The interesting thing is the people did decide and Trump couldn't accept it. And I wonder sometimes whether him winning the impeachment vote didn't embolden him to think it's all a scam. It's all, you know, to get rid of me because people don't want what I'm selling. You know, the, the elites don't want what I'm selling. So you go to California. What are the issues in California that prompted the recall of Newsom? Do you know? Well, it's interesting. I will give you a more substantial one. But just yesterday, I'm going to say I talked, but, you know, text exchange uh, with somebody who supports recalling Newsom and lives in California. And I asked the same question. I said, why, you know, what has this guy done so heinous, so scary that we've got to get him out of office as soon as we can? And you know what the response was? Have you seen, she said to me, have you seen the video of him having dinner that night uh, at the kind of country club place? Do you remember that, what she's talking about? Right. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, and I said, 
Seriously? That's it? Like, okay, I'll give you. That wasn't very smart or very appropriate or anything else. But that's why you want to overturn an election and put a minority candidate uh, in as the governor. I mean, I, I think wiser minds would tell you there's been the same reaction uh, against steps to limit COVID, the same reaction we see throughout the country. Uh, we're in that minority of people who uh, signed petitions to get this recall on the ballot. And, you know, that's this really strong kind of irrational thing. The, the governor tried to make us wear masks and not go out to restaurants and get vaccinated. He must go off with his head. I think that's it. I think from a voter's perspective, but you know, just to be supremely cynical, which we always have the capacity to be. Um, I think the Republicans saw that weakness in uh, Newsom because of the pandemic and used that to try to take over a state which they have no business governing because they're such a minority. But, you know, I mean, like 25% of the population, I think, is Republican, something like that. And um, put in a candidate in Larry Elder that they didn't know he would, you know, rise to the top, but a candidate like him who could put the brakes on everything Republicans, conservatives, I'm not going to say Republicans, conservatives find abhorrent about California. And this is not just California conservatives, but immigration, you know, and a welcoming of immigrants. And he, and Larry Elder in particular, is very anti-immigrant. Um, you know, a, a multi, not just a multicultural, but a, um, a California, for all its faults, is a very open and welcoming place to all kinds of people. And um, I think that there's just, it, in the culture wars, California stands out for most cultural warriors as the most disgusting place in the union. And because of its cultural influence, it's ruining the rest of us. I think if that's, if that's my guess is that the Republicans thought maybe we can get another Schwarzenegger in there and just slow this damn thing down. Well, I think you're exactly right. I think they looked around and uh, saw in the way that recall works, a chance to get ahead, not get ahead, like go forward, like cut off some figuratively somebody's head. And they remember, it's good you bring up, uh, they remember it worked with Schwarzenegger. Now, mm -hmm. Gray Davis was a lot weaker governor, I think, and candidate than Gavin Newsom is. You know, I think one of the, the other awful parts about this is from all the polling, everything we know, it's not that Californians don't want Gavin Newsom to be governor. The only question is, will enough Democrats get up and go to the polls? That's the only question. Man, that's a crappy way to govern a state. It, it really is, particularly a state the size and complexity of California. What if California was its own country? It's like, what, the fifth largest yes. country and one of the largest economies in the world. And for all, again, all its problems, it is an absolute hub of innovation, technology. Um, it's super important to the United States. And 
attempts to govern it are probably difficult, but nonetheless, I, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. I'm sure we'll talk about it again tomorrow. And the only thing I want to finish up on is how tall is Gavin Newsom? Because <laughs> Biden was standing next to him and Biden is not short. And Newsom's taller than Biden. I thought that guy must be over six, well, over six feet. I don't know that because mm-hmm. I've never thought about it, but it's just, you know, inquiring minds want to know, John. Well, they do. And I think, you know, what we're really looking forward to is knowing, will Gavin Newsom stay governor or will the new government governor be Larry Elder or will it be Lydell? Lydell or at the end of the day, um, Caitlyn Jenner. Oh, nice. oh. <laughs> Bye. Talk to you soon. Sibling Talk is a JMP production. Theme song by David Paulette.